You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Yes, and Richard is, maybe he doesn't know this, but he's one of my biggest role models. I love the Gene Keys. I almost could say that I'm obsessed with the Gene Keys, as I'm sure a lot of people are. And it's a beautiful um, art and transmission that he has created. I actually went through his um, course this year. It was beautiful. He has a course that's out um, where there's hundreds of people and everybody joins these calls and talks about their actual keys. And um, so he's going to be here sharing with us today. I think he's in the room right now. And um, he's going to be doing a little sharing and it's going to be a lot of also Q&A. So I've prepared a bunch of questions. I know that a lot of you guys out there have questions that you want to ask Richard. He's filled with so much knowledge and so much wisdom. And we have the chance here to ask those questions. So this is extremely special. And Richard... Uh, I would love for you to introduce yourself, and it's great having you here. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you Hi. for thank you for inviting me, and and uh, welcome to everyone. And uh, you've obviously just had a, a wonderful session with Janet. I caught the end of it, and uh, I certainly wouldn't want. I, I would certainly like to build on on that energy and bring it really down deep inside us and let it anchor. So let's make that the intention of this um, session. And the Jinkies is all about that. So it's all about anchoring and particularly in the belly uh, and coming into this point of deep um, wisdom and stillness inside ourselves. And, um, And out of that, our life force explodes and flows into the world so I'm very happy to be here and um, it's uh, nice to see you all and looking forward to sharing some time thank you for being here Richard it's so special um, so I'm sure that you have we have so many things that we could talk about but with the world in the state that we're in um, the gene, the gene key that's really speaking to me the most right now is gene key 55 and the shadow frequency of victimization and the, the city of liberation. And I think a lot of people right now are in fear states and, um, there's a lot happening in the world. And personally, the gene, this gene key gave me a lot of hope for the natural evolution of the world. And you talk about, creativity ruling life and we'll be experiencing life as art which really speaks to me and you know the body needing less salt and being able to use light as our food source and shifting into the solar plexus I would love if you could talk about our state of the world right now and um, as we awaken how this gene key kind of plays into that 
Yeah, well, I'll do my best. Um, I, I guess I, I'll back up and and um, just for those of you who don't maybe know Gene Keys, um, describe in a in a nutshell um, what they're about and and what they're for. Um, uh, since you all seem like a very um, switched on group, I'll I'll start at quite a kind of high level. <laughs> um, you know. There are, there's a tradition in the Tibetan um, teachings called the, the, the tradition of the terma. And the terma refers to, um, the word sort of means like a treasure. And a terma is a, a wisdom teaching that uh, is revealed from the inner planes at a specific time in history for a specific purpose. And, the, and, and there are many forms of tama and there are, and, and a lot of things like reiki for example is a good example of perhaps a tama that has revealed itself and revealed itself to certain people at certain times and then was built upon and grew and became you know an, an incredible lineage that's then carried out and continues into the world and the jinkies is a tama like that in that way not in the traditional tibetan way um, but it's a good way of introducing them because it's a big ball of living wisdom. And uh, the wisdom is actually inside us. You know, it's inside the body. It's inside the physical body. It's inside the cells, inside the genes. It's all imprinted in us. And that's why it's called the gene keys. And so the teachings and the teachings sort of center around a book called the gene keys, which I wrote in a big thick book here. Um, and, um, but then the teachings come alive, they stream out of that book and the, and the keys, are, there are 64 of them and they relate to codons in our DNA. We are built out of 64 codons. So we're, we're a 64 code species and the universe seems to be a 64 coded uh, place as well because that, that's a code that you see replicated in many living natural systems. It's also the basis of, of music, which in itself should tell you enough about um about how we're built we're built we're musical beings and we're all made of frequencies and energy signatures and light and and so the gene keys you know there's these 64 and each one of them is a is a portal into the holographic universe so each one is a, a jewel that you contemplate over time and then it comes alive inside you and each key has three layers to it. It has a journey. It's a transformational journey. So it has three words related to it. So, for example, the sixth gene key is the the the, the lower the lower word called the shadow word is conflict. So that relates to conflict in you know like in the world today, wherever we see conflict, um, that's the influence of that code of that of that universal key at work in a human being, and it's also imprinted in nature and in natural systems so there's nothing wrong with the shadows that's the first thing to say um, and then inside every shadow is a gift and and the shadow is hiding in the gift and it's a it's a wonderful joke of a kind of cosmic joke in a way that the that the greatest gifts are hidden in the deepest challenges and that's the that's the that's a central teaching of the gene keys. That's what they're all about, that every shadow is where we begin our journey. So every difficulty, like we're facing a lot of difficulties in the world today as a collective. And we're also, it's bringing up a lot of individual fears, as you said, Chelsea. So 
um, you know, that's a, um, so if we take that six gene key and I'll come to the 55 in a minute, then the, the gift of conflict is diplomacy, is the art, the creative art, the gift is diplomacy to learn how to communicate with someone, to learn how to be intimate with someone, to learn how to be empathic with another person. And we learn that through mistakes. So we learn it from not from, from getting it wrong. And then over time, we, we learn to open our heart and speak our heart, but we also learn to use our wisdom of what to say, when to say it, what not to say, how to say it, you know, timing and all those those subtle things that we have to learn that are part of diplomacy. And diplomacy doesn't mean, you know, these are words, but they 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 lead to whole realms. So it doesn't just mean being nice, you know, it actually is a whole art of how to be with life, particularly how to be with others. And then at the top level, which is, you know, it's not really a top, but it's hidden inside, um, is what's called the Siddhi, which is a Sanskrit word. And the Siddhi is the divine emanation of that code, of that gene key. So inside every shadow is a gift, and that gift is a creative um, transformation of the shadow. And then out of that shadow, flowers or fruits this beautiful Siddhi, and the Siddhi is our future in a way it's uh um it represents you know our fully enlightened consciousness so it's a manifestation of a fully enlightened consciousness so in the case of that gene keys the six gene key would be conflict diplomacy and then the city is peace and peace is it's not just a cute word peace is is the underlying nature of the universe you know, that is so every city relates it, it, it is a portal into the mind and heart of God, of, of the divine. And it's and it's hidden inside us. So and that's what the Gene Keys is here to do. It's here to trigger and help us work through these different codes that we face individually and in our families and our relationships and in our society, community and the world and Gaia herself. And, and, our, and also our higher role, even our spiritual role within the cosmos. So it's a big, um, it's a big uh, body of, of wisdom. And, you know, as I wrote it, as it came together over many, many years, um, the, the one gene key that kind of took me by surprise um, was this 55th gene key, um, because it's about, um, it's about this time we're in now. And when I mentioned that a tama, you know, is for a specific time, the Jinkies brings the specific message that comes out of this 55, number 55, right? And the, key, the keys come in pairs as well, as well. So everyone has a pair and the 55 is paired with 59. And the, the 55 is freedom. It is the key for freedom. And its shadow is victimization. It's about the victim. It's about the victim consciousness. And everywhere we look, embedded in our basic human behavior and in our historical lineage and in our ancestral DNA, is this deep core embedded wound of the we are victims in some way. And it and it emerges as behavioral patterns, you know, sociological. Uh, geopolitical everywhere you see it you see victims you see victims and abusers and um and those that is the framework of of our of our of our consciousness 
as it stands today. And we're growing and learning through it and beyond it. And that's what this 55th gene key points towards, freedom. And we learn a lot from this partner of it, which is the 59, which is about intimacy. You know, so the, the shadow is dishonesty and intimacy. So you have like victimization. The victim is about dishonesty. You know, they're rooted, they're connected together. Wherever we're on, dishonest with another person or with ourselves, we sow the seed of conflict and, and, and this victim pattern that then propagates more and more suffering. So intimacy is a really sweet thing. And, and I'll share with you all that, you know, I come here today, this is the first um, public event I've done for, for a while, because in the last, um, I lost my father about um, 10 days ago. And when I say I lost him, I didn't lose him, I gained him as well. Uh, but he died um, due to um, COVID. And um, so I'm still in the stream of that. He was a, he was a wonderful man. And, um, but one of the things that is very clear is when someone goes through the portal of death, and I've had two close people this year, my, my father being the second, um, then suddenly they become more available to you than they ever have been before because everything drops away. You know, the personality drops away. You know, the the history starts to drop away. All the objects, all the things, the place, the things that they're connected to all drop away. The personality drops away and, and the soul is suddenly fully available in its true intimacy. And so for me in the last, you know, 10 days since he passed, I have been feeling the, the beauty of that intimacy. And, um, and I really... You know, it's especially profound when it's when it's your your parent, um, and he was a, a man I loved very much as well, and who loved me, um, and who many loved actually. So um, that intimacy is about transcending death, you know, and and that's what the ultimate victim state is. It's like it's to be a it's to believe that we are this, you know, we are this shell, and. That's what we're here to transcend and move through. And that's why we have the challenges that we have. So in our individual life, every challenge that comes to us that we face, whether it's a, a difficult relationship, um, a health crisis, someone we love in pain, um, you know, financial problems, um, hunger, whatever it is, you know, whatever the problem is, sexuality, wounding, you know, abuse, all of the thing, grief, you know, shame, blah, blah, blah. We know, we know all the, the stories. It's here specifically for the purpose of awakening us to move beyond this state of thinking we are this. And, and I know that you've heard this story before. <laughs> and and yet fully embodying it is our, you know, that is our role, that is our task here. And um, to, to attain that level of freedom, you know, and, and ultimately it's freedom from, you know, it's freedom from, from fear, you know, and that's what this time is, is delivering us. And yes, the, I, we can get into the layers of the 55th, you know, tr the transmission of it, Chelsea and I, I'm happy to, 
um, because it has so many layers and, and, and it's very prophetic. It, it describes this time and um, it shows us how there has, you know, there, there needs to be a crisis in order for there to be a breakthrough. And I think it's clear to most of us that the civilization that has grown up here on this planet in its current form um, is kind of rotten at its core in some way, even though there's lots of wonderful, great things that we've created, um, we've also lost touch with the most essential things. And, um, you know, a lot has to fall away in order for us to transmute this suffering that we carry and to the, the pain of our mistakes and our past, that all has to be transmuted. And that's why the, the work with the Reiki and the work with these subtle bodies at this you know, energetic level at this time is really important um, because it's charging up the collective field and it's helping process all this anguish that we carry in our physical DNA. Each one of us has come here carrying a weight, a burden, and that you know, and the more light we have in our soul, the greater the burden we will have agreed to take on. And sometimes we forget, you know, we're like, oh God, this is like, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, you did, you did, you better believe you did. And it's because you're a great soul that you signed up for it. And you even signed up for it going, well, okay, if I take that load, I may even have moments where I forget and, and, and ask for it to be taken away. And yet that's not why we're here. We're here to transform it. And that means we move towards it, into the suffering, into the landscape of the, of the wound. And we learn it and we have to learn how it works and we have to know it in ourselves and in, in, its, in its real intimacy. And then one day we become fully transparent, you know, when it, you know, that the, the future is, is beautiful. The future is, is, is also assured. Um, but the journey of moving through the tunnel, through the wormhole, that is something that no one can predict how it's going to go. But that's the, that's the mystery play that we're in. So, yeah, I guess I've said enough to start, but... <laughs> That. That's beautiful. No, that's amazing. I love hearing that. I, I liked actually hearing about the Tama um, and that we are actually in the time of Gene Key 55 because I actually didn't know that it was actually meant for right now and that just felt that way. So that was really beautiful to express it like that. Um, so I know that the Gene Keys is based on astrology, the I Ching, uh, human design and quantum physics. Those are the four components. Is that right? There's more than four. There's there are very there are many, but those are some of them. Yes. <laughs> oh my! Yes. Okay. Um, I'm just curious about the I Ching and how all of the. I guess I'm kind of curious about um, just the origin story and how all of these came together. I know it's a very long story, but I also think everyone here would really love hearing how this information kind of came to you yeah well it's one of those um funny stories <laughs> i'll keep it short because there's a lot of other things to say um but essentially um i woke up one morning and 
I was in my late twenties and I woke up one morning and everything was different. And I just woke up in my bed. And the moment I woke up, I was in a field of light and I woke up into a mystical experience into a, into that. I didn't know what it was then, but I woke up and it, and it lasted for three days and three nights, the experience. And it was a spontaneous experience in that way. And, um, and in those three days, um, I was kind of light. I, there was light just pouring through me. There was no, um, there was no resistance in my being at any level whatsoever. It was just all gone. And I can't tell you how it happened. <laughs> and I just was there in it. And the light was streaming through me with no resistance, you know, and and um, and and my aura, my field was vast. It was, you know, I, I was lying in this bed and I was in a little cottage in the countryside in England and I could feel I stretched out my arms and I could feel my arms just travel hundreds of miles, you know, in every direction and feel where they went. You know, they could feel the places and villages and people that it was, it was the tendrils of light. It was intelligence that was pouring through me and I could just, I had access to this intelligence. And so for three days and three nights, I had access to this, this higher intelligence of which we all, you know, are part of it. And, um, and at times we've, you know, for some of us, many of us have had similar experiences or we've had, we've had peep, peeps into that through that veil or we've done it um, maybe spontaneously or through a spiritual encounter or through, um, you know, plant medicine or something like that. And um, so for me, it was a spontaneous, um, unexpected <laughs> event. And, um, and in those three days, I, I guess I was given what I needed to know. <laughs> And then um, I and I went on a journey as well throughout England in those three days. I was it was very clear. I had a kind of clear voice in me telling me it wasn't really telling me it was just, it was my intuition, but it was just super, super, super clear. And and it was just driving me, you know, it was like being in a limousine. And I just went and and it sort of spoke through me and it interacted. And it wasn't there's no it. It's it was me. It was my higher consciousness. It was God. It was all of it. Anyway, so in those three days, I, I took in um, this vast web of information that I didn't even kind of know how to process. Um, and everything for me was experienced as a hologram. So every single thing was contained in every other thing. So and everything that happened to me was a microcosmic symbolic um stage of the man of, of the universe itself so so in three days i lived the beginning the middle and the end of the universe in my body <laughs> and so i got to learn what the universe is how it's built you know what what its journey is where it came from and where it's going and and all of that <laughs> is very difficult to explain and and for and after I came down from that experience, which was very difficult, you know, because uh, once it once it kind of fell fell away back into the earth, I was left kind of um, a normal, ordinary, fallible human being again. And it took me a long, long time to integrate it. And uh, I went through many phases, you know, phases of thinking I was the Messiah, phases of denial. I said that didn't happen. I'm going to be ordinary 
phases of trying to understand it and unraveling it and and maybe phases of psychosis and um you know a little bit of craziness at times um and eventually yeah i i it all started to come together and when i'm funnily enough when i met my wife and um you know i started to get grounded there was something about her presence in my life this very grounded earthy woman and i've been with her now 20 years and you know she's not really interested in this stuff <laughs> it's not her path and but we've been together for all this time we deeply love each other but she's the anchor of this celestial spiritual transmission and she just anchors it and she's an earth woman she's you know a person and a mother and many other things but that is when it started to kind of form something and it took many years of me then processing and studying these other systems for it to kind of coalesce and eventually become the gene keys and I started to write down my deep contemplations of the I Ching um, um, based on the experience I'd had and so it came through the art of contemplation which is what I'm, I wanted to talk about a bit here today because it's it's how you access wisdom <laughs> You know, it's it's how one anyone can access the field of wisdom that I accessed in that in those three days, and I've been able to access it ever since. Um, not in the same way of like throwing all the you know the house was gone, you know, but uh, it, now it's like the door is left ajar, and there's and that's enough so that the wisdom can come in. And it can be applied to any life situation. And it's not just knowing um, something. It's not, under, it's not knowledge. It's wisdom. So it's alive. And therefore, it's also, it's connected. It's a part of love. It's, a, it's, you know, it's love and the mind working together inside us. So you can't separate love and the mind. The mind is this incredible, infinite, you know, thing. It's infinity. And love is how it's how it's carried. It's carried on the wings of love. So um, that's how the Gene Keys came into the world. And then they progressively, you know, more people came into my life, amazing magical beings who were put in my path to help me unravel it. And I'm now part of a whole team um, and a whole community around the world who are working with the Gene Keys, exploring them, applying their creativity, their genius, and it's a collective terma, you know. So even though I got the foundation of it, others are growing it. You know, it's a garden. And so everyone's invited in the G. It's not like one of those things that you come and there's a teacher and the teacher's the one that knows. You know, this is like everyone is in the garden. Each person is a plant. You know, I'm this one oak over here and there's this person over here she's a beautiful willow tree and she's growing in this way and there's another person planting something over here and cultivating and it's the wisdom is alive it's it's following its own wild directions so um it's something a little bit different from from many other things out there you know that's beautiful and one thing i really loved what you said is the love isn't separate from the mind. And I think a lot of times in spirituality, it's operating in the space of no mind, but I really love the idea that the two just work so beautifully together. And I think you have a gene key and maybe it's in the same uh, gene key. And you talk about our relationship to emotions and emotions being a means of communication and our awareness 
kind of riding on top of emotional waves um, versus, you know, using those emotions to kind of allow us to come to immediate decisions because we're um, not just like in them, but we're kind of around them and we're using them to get clarity. Um, would you be able to talk about that a little bit? Definitely. Yeah. That's like, um, I use a lot of symbols in the Gene Keys to help kind of thread stories together. And sometimes that's easier for people to understand. And one of the stories that follows the Gene Keys, and you may have heard it, some of you, is uh, the, the life cycle of the dragonfly. And on, on all the Gene Keys books, there's little dragonflies. And um, the dragonfly is really the symbol of the 55th Gene Key. It represents it really well. And we all know very well the story of the butterfly um, because it's such a wonderful emblem of the transformation of consciousness. And the dragonfly is very similar, but it has a different, a slightly different um, energy to it. And it represents this, this victim to freedom um, journey really well um, because the dragonfly begins its life as a, as a nymph. It's called a nymph, an underwater creature and it's a predator and it lives under the water for two or three years as this very successful predator and it feeds on little fish and other, not fish, but little um, other kind of aquatic creatures down there. And, um, uh, and it has no idea that actually hidden inside it is this flying creature, <laughs> you know, it's this other thing. And it's, you know, cause it's kind of, it lives in its gray murky drab world down there. And then one day, um, something extraordinary happens, and it happens quite quickly. Like suddenly, uh, some sleeping gene is triggered inside the dragonfly, and it does something it's never done before. It finds a stalk of grass or a reed or something, and it climbs out of the. It climbs up this stalk. It has legs and it can climb up out of the water into the sunlight. And it's never done that before. It's, it lives underwater. So this is like a fish coming out into the air, you know, deliberately in a way. And so it comes up, it's this in, underwater insect. And then, it, and then as soon as it gets up towards the, in the sunlight, it sort of freezes on the stalk in the sun, like in the light. And it's never done that before. It's like, it's almost in shock. You know, like, what have I done? <laughs> and it can't move. <clears throat> and and it's kind of, it clenches itself there. And then this process starts to work inside it. And, and it, there's this, like in the caterpillar, there's this incredible mutation, these, this molt that takes place as um, the water that's inside it is pumped into the creature within it. All right? So it's a, it's a hydraulic procedure you know it's, it's hydraulics which means that water is the pressure of the water pushes open the the kind of thorax which snaps open the back of the old creature and then this thing inside this spiral creature starts to unravel like this and then the wings open out as well these four wings and they're resplendent you know they're iridescent they have these colors that you've probably seen and there's this creature suddenly and and left on the on the on the kind of uh, the um, stalk of grass or whatever the reed is the shell of the old one still hanging there, you know, and you can see these, you know, in this process. And then this other, this, this dragonfly is just stand sitting there and it takes a puff of wind and then it's gone and suddenly it takes to the air and it is this magnificent 
um, aerodynamic creature that is has incredible abilities. And so that process is a really great, you know, parable for our process, particularly now, because it's the it's it's the energy of our shadow of the of the underwater consciousness. It's the water itself, you know, that pumps the 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 new creature and forces it out into the light. So it's that's the kind of that's why it's so important to understand because it's the shadow, it's the material energy of the shadow of our of our wounding, of our suffering that actually brings us to the revelation. And it, you know, and, and this is actually a, according to me anyway, this is a literal story as well, because in in humanity, you know, the the prophecy of this gene key and, and the whole gene keys themselves is that we are the dragonfly. And that there is a sleeping gene that has been triggered inside us. And it is forcing us, many of us, towards the light. And it's forcing us towards the light through work on our shadow. You know, so we have to really come to terms with our suffering. And anyone that's really doing that inner work, that shadow work, that transformational work, those are the people who are the dragonflies, you know, and, you know, because there's a lot of spiritual bypassing as well, isn't there? You know, like people that would like to do that and go straight to the light and, and not attend to the real deep wounding and the pain. And that's also a part of the journey, you know, for some of us to, to learn that way and then fall and then realize, oh, I haven't, I didn't address something inside myself, you know, and, and so, but that's part of, of, of awakening. So, yeah, it's a very beautiful um, metaphor, I think. So, yeah, and it, it's happening at a collective level in humanity. So we're seeing like the first dragonflies coming to the surface and we're seeing this cracking of the shell and it has to happen at a collective level. Imagine that all of humanity is one big dragonfly, you know, and it takes all of those cells to propel it into this new eon this new process you know that we have to move through we have to we, we finish our life as a predator you know as a victim and the predator game and we enter a new a new world so at the moment it's it, you know i guess what's important to say to all of you is when we look ahead at the future um it has no continuity with the past so what's coming is so different from what has been that most people cannot possibly imagine what it's going to look like. Same with the dragonfly. How can you possibly imagine that that could come out of that? And that's what we're facing into now. And, and we're just beginning the journey. And the journey, like all births, is going to be fraught with difficulty and pain and a lot of suffering. And I don't say it lightly at all because we can glamorize it, it's going to hurt. Um, and we need to be real about that. <laughs> it's hurting already. And this is just the warm up, you know, first contractions. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. And that's so beautiful. And yeah, our, um, our festival, it's called Emergence Festival, and it's by the chrysalis. And it's that exact same analogy of the butterfly emerging from the chrysalis and doing the shadow work and really being in that shadow. Um, that's so resonant and beautiful. 
And speaking of resonance, um, I know that you, you talk about um, music a lot and sound frequency. And you talked about in 1987, this harmonic convergence. And then in 2012, this melodic resonance. And then you said in 2027, the rhythmic symphony. Can you talk about what that is and what that journey is a little bit? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of part of the framework for this time that we're in. And um, the dates are kind of like, obviously we know the 1987, that's also um, linked in as is 2012 with the Mayan calendar. And um, 2027 is a date that comes from the human design system, but it's also a really interesting date astrologically for lots of reasons. Um, and I'm not an astrologer, but, um, you know, astrologers will really have some fun looking at it. Um, but in the human design system, um, it, sh it tracks um, the, the huge procession of the equinoxes, which shows us global themes, you know, so it shows us global themes through the gene keys, through these 64 um, themes of the I Ching. And it's in 2027 that we transit into the 55th gene key. So there's this, this big, you know, it's, there's this huge shift into that, into the, into that key and um, it's associated keys as well. Like I mentioned the 59 and other ones. Um, and so it's really moving us on a major trajectory into this um, symphony, you know, into, into rhythm, you know, cause you have harmony and then melody and then rhythm. And it's not that they even happen in sequence in a way. Um, and it's not that they happen suddenly on those dates either. It, it's their markers. They're like genetic markers inside our body, inside our being, inside our collective that will trigger these events so sometimes you you know you get to those dates and you kind of there's this expectation and nothing really much happens <laughs> but something does happen but it happens at an invisible level in the collective it's a it's a marker point where a trigger is occurring and it's the same as we're moving in this decade now um up to you know this this decade of 2020 and 20 you know up to 2027 this seven-year cycle to 2027 that's, that we've started we're a year in um i think you know there's going to be a lot of unraveling in this time in order before we get to that marker and then after that time you might say that it's kind of in full swing <laughs> whatever the birth process is so we're as i said we're building up towards it and it's the the names are really lovely like harmonic re, um you know melodic resonance you know and then you know because the melodic resonance is is talking about the kind of the fractal the groupings of people who are going to shepherd this process the midwives if you like i call them the catalysts who are going to shepherd this process, this birth, you know? And so it's now at the time where the, where those people are meeting, connecting, collecting work coming together. That's what this, this time is for in the next, you know, for anyone listening to this in the next um, five or six years, it's really important to come together with those on the same wavelength, like you are in this community and begin to kind of bed down some real kind of grounded, um, 
sense of community, relationships, build the bonds strong with each other, and then reach out to other communities and teachings as well who are doing the same thing so that we're building this, this melody, you know, in preparation for the symphony um, that can begin, you know, after that date, 2027. Um, and it will last hundreds of years. Um, but, it, you know, it's, so it's an incredible time to be born. It's an incredible time. Um, and everyone that's born in this time, uh, particularly those who are feeling the awakening, it's because it's why we, we, we've come for this. You know, we've come, we've come specifically for this. And um, yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to help this, help get this baby out. <laughs> I love that analogy. And um, I, I even love the analogy that you can either have a pushing painful birth or you can have an orgasmic birth. And my, um, my hope is that everybody on this call comes together so we can help have this orgasmic birth together. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. So I know I've been asking a lot of questions and I'd also love to open up this space um, because we have about 20 minutes left. And I know that you guys are probably dying with questions. If you guys have any questions that you'd like to share, um, go ahead and put them in the chat or take yourselves off of mute. And we can go ahead and um, answer some of those. Hey, Richard. This this is Lillian. I'm really excited to have you speak on here. So thank you for joining us and for everyone listening. Um, I have a question since we're on the 55th Jinki topic. There's a commentary where it states that if by 2012 you're not in resonance with a dream that is moving into form, your DNA will be locked out of the story. Are we saying that there are people that are simply not going to transform or was there a different intention behind that statement? Well, it's a bit of a heavy statement, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think there's, you know, I kind of hope it's wrong, you know, because things I've said, I, I, you know, you say things and then, you know, they can change. And um, I hope it's wrong and um, only time will tell, but I think there may be some truth to it um, because, you know, they're part, there's, this is what the ultimate freedom is you can evolve at your own pace, at your own speed. And if this isn't your eon, then your freedom is to return at a, you know, at a later date. And, and why not? Why not go at a, at a slow speed if that's where you're at, you know? And, and so, yeah, I, 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 my hope is that everyone comes through the, the portal, but it may be that some elements are, are kind of just left behind for a next, for the next round. And, and so I don't think we need to sort of actually feel sad about it. It's just, potentially a, a, an aspect of consciousness. And, and I, th I think its value is that when we look at people today and we look at their behavior, we don't, it can give us more compassion because we don't then have to insist that everyone get it. You know, mm -hmm. we can just be like, okay, if you're meant to get it, you're really going to get it. 
and there may be some that just don't, and then there may be some who are on the cusp, and you never quite know until the very last moment. You know those people? We all know those people. You never know until the very last moment if they're going to come, if they're going to make it. You know, they're the ones that are always late, <laughs> and they just squeeze through, um, and some that just aren't ready. And and I I think we it's it's great to have that sense of spaciousness to allow for all possibilities. Yeah, good question. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Um, Dennis, I see your hand raised here. Yes, such a uh, pleasure to have your wisdom uh, here today. Amazing. Um, in my journey of the Gene Keys, I've enjoyed so many different things and tools that you provide in getting us to those places where we're in that higher frequency. Very powerful. Right now, I'm working on relationship and having that mirror of who I am through my relationship, which is amazing work. And I'm so thankful to be in that place. What I'm really fascinated with, because I work with quantum medicine and work with helping to nourish the body, one of the things that's helped me the most was the matches of amino acids to the gene keys been powerful for activating some of the sensations inside of me. Can you tell me more about how those factors play in our roles of making these uh, activations and higher frequencies become more alive and how you put that into the book and why it's there? Yeah, it's a good question. I, 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 um, I put all kinds of things into the book that I don't even understand, you know, and, uh, I, but I'm good at correspondences, you know, so I know when something corresponds to something because that was what I saw in my three days. You know, I was shown correspondences. I was shown how that relates to that and that relates to billion, you know, and I saw all these, you know, it's like if I was in a forest of trees, I'd be able to look at every twig and tell you which other twig it related to and which stone it related, you know, do you know what I mean? It was like crazy being in the fractal cosmos. And, and so I put a lot of those things in for future people with more skills than me. Um, because I, you know, as I said, Jinkies is a collective term. So those are things for people like yourself who may have training in medical things or, or in time, as we understand more about how to actually trigger amino acids inside our body, then that's a whole new medicine that can emerge out of that. And the Gene Keys at the moment is still in its infancy because it's still growing different shoots. And um, and every, so every key has a relation because it's every key ha is made up of six lines. So there's 384 of those, um, you know, sort of base components. And every one of those relates to a series of like crystals, plants, animals, insects, trees, stars, you know, everything. So through the correspondences, you can then look at, well, if you know your, if you know that your correspondences, like from when you were born, you can literally see in little places in your profile, in your, um, what I call your hologenetic profile, which by the way, if you've never done one, you can get from my website, genekeys.com, top of the thing, free profile, go in there and you'll get it. And then you can start to puzzle it through. But in the, it has layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of um, detailing. So in time, my hope is that people with expertise will come together and work out how to use those things. Um, but for me, I'm just the kind of messenger 
Um, but they're in there for waiting for people like you, Dennis, to kind of start contemplating them. The most important thing is is really to come in and get the embodied as you are doing the work, you know, working it through your relationships, working it into your, you know, into your health, into your body, into your life, so that then you have the grounding to dive into the deeper zones, like the the one you're talking about, going into like microcosmic, um, which can give birth to a whole new kind of energy medicine, if you like. Um, so yeah, that that's going to be exciting to see where those things Thank go. You. Yeah. Thank you so much. For yeah. That information. Thank you, Dennis. I think I see Frank's hand raised. Hi, Richard. Aloha from Maui. It's a pleasure and a privilege to see you. And thank you so much for being here. I uh, um, am intimately familiar with your work, good friends with Theo and Devin Martin, and uh, really enjoying all of the content and the evolution um, of of the content that you've been putting out recently. I'd actually be curious to hear your remarks on the 55th gene key uh, and the dichotomy with the 22nd and maybe just involution versus evolution and how you kind of see that as being applicable to the current times for all of us. Yeah. Thanks Frank. And, and nice to meet you. And um, yeah, I, so in a way um, there's two of those gene keys as you know, the 55 and then, the other one that behaved in that way was the 22, which I always quite like because I like the pattern of 55 and 22. They're kind of reversals. And whereas the 55 is prophetic and looks to the future and shows us you know, where we're heading, the 22 is the feminine version. It's like the lunar version. And it looks back in the past to help us understand our wounding and, and the journey that we're on and the, the journey that so that we can heal those wounds. Um, and um, and yeah, as you say, one is evolution and one is involution. And the involution, these two streams, you know. So the in the evolution we know because it's where we're heading. It's heading. We're heading towards this process in the future. The twenty-two is more about involution, and 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 being the feminine component. It's more about grace. And involution is 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 about the. It's like. If you look from evolution, it appears, if you're, if you're traveling from evolution's perspective, it appears that you are forging the, your, your journey through the void, through the choices you're making step by step. I am free. I, this is the freedom of the 55. I am free. I can go this way or this way or this way. I'm going to go this way. And you go, no, no, I'm going to come back and go this way. And so you have that freedom to choose. From the perspective of involution, it's completely different. From the perspective of involution, the choices are already made. Every single choice, even the one that you think you didn't make or that you changed your mind halfway through, that one was also made. <laughs> right. So both of our viewpoints of, of the whole, from the whole, and um, we can inhabit both in a way, and that's the paradox of the two. And what the involution shows us is it shows us that every step we take is a step of grace because it is, it is, it is in a way perfect. And that's why every step that everything that happens to us is perfect. It's revealed in time to be perfect. You know, that you know, in our lives, we have that, that thing you think, Oh, really, really, this is the worst thing that could happen. 
And then a year later or a couple of years later or whatever it is, you kind of look back and you go, wow, that really changed my life. You know, and it was so, even though it was difficult, it was just, it had to happen for me to be here where I am now. And so that's the journey of involution, evolution. And it's really interesting to explore the feminine side, actually. Um, and I'm doing that right now in a big course called the Venus Sequence. So I have multiple courses on my website, um, self-study courses. Many of them are live, like the one we're in at the moment is a live six-month course exploring those wounding patterns. In a, but you can do it through the self-study version as well. Um, and it really takes you deep into the wounding that's inside us and realizing that everything that happens to you you know, when you're young, whatever it was, whatever abuse, whatever difficulty, however your birth was, however, you know, whoever, whatever happened to you, it was the perfect, you know, it can be understood in the frame of its perfection. If you understand the wounding, if you really understand it, because there's, there's algorithms that govern everything. And so the, the genus, the genes keys and the Venus sequence show you the algorithms that relate to your specific wounding. And they also show you the collective wounding of the whole of humanity and each step we take. So having both of those perspectives is actually what leads to a kind of non-polarizing view in the world. Like right today, there are so many polarizing views, okay? Because someone's inhabiting one side or the other side, you know? And if you can inhabit both sides, you don't get caught in that trap of I'm this side or I'm this side, you know, and you can still kind of prefer one side, you know, um, and that's also completely bona fide, you know, but you have to, to know both sides in a way. And that's wisdom is, is being able to stand in at both at all levels of the duality and then transcend it. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you, Frank. Um, Natasha, you have your hand raised. Hi. Um, thank you so much. I'm so uh, honored to be able to speak to you because I found Gene Keys in April and it completely um, saved me, I think, through all of the hardship to kind of look inwards and um, the 22nd is actually my purpose. So I've been contemplating that one a lot. And um, yeah, I just can't speak enough about how profound the system is. And I'm in the Venus retreat now and it's been so wonderful. But I've, my question is more um, how to maybe speak to some of the more practical aspects of the art of contemplation. How to really like sort of use it in your day to day and and really work with it once you start to have these sort of uh, cerebral insights. Yeah, thanks, Natasha. That's a that's the, a really great question. Um, you know, I've just I don't know if you've seen I, I've just put out a new course like a mini course um, on the art of contemplation, and um, it's based on on my little book, Contemplation: Art of Contemplation. And um, which is a real lovely little treasure of a book, short, you know, really nice way to begin your journey into the Gene Keys. It's, it's, it doesn't have too much jargon in it. And it gives you exactly what you've just asked about, Natasha. I don't know if you've, if you've read it yet. Um, but inside it gives you kind of the pattern of what contemplation is and how it works 
and it has these three layers. Everything in Jinkies has threes. <laughs> it makes your journey easier if you know that everything has threes, because then you just meet the same pattern over and over again, and it kind of feels familiar. And in the art of contemplation, the first phase is called pausing. And pausing is the ability to slow down your, your, your life. And it doesn't mean you slow down your external life. It means you learn to slow down your inner life so that you're breathing more deeply, so that you're pausing to enjoy things, so that you're giving yourself time to just be or time, you know, and, and there are many, many invitations that come to us each day. So the contemplation work invites you to look at your life through this lens. And the first lens is, is how many times, you know, might you be able to pause in one day? And as I said, there are many invitations to pause, but, but often we're not disciplined in, in some way and we don't take those pauses. And it's a wonderful discipline because it's, it leads to a more relaxing day. So for example, you know, and things become habits you know, that didn't before. So for example, I almost always get up now before the sunrise and go and sit outside and just listen and watch the light changing. And, I, and, and it's magical to me uh, because it's quiet and, and there's always something that happens in my consciousness and it's always different. Um, and in the summer months, I often even go and meet the sun in the fields and stuff. But that's an example of giving yourself the space to pause and listen and let life in. And there are, and that's, and there are many other ones, like, like there are many practical things you can do to kind of bring this into your day. Well, one of the things we do at Gene Keys a lot in our communities is we linger, you know? I don't know if you've been on the calls and, you know, you start with maybe, you know, like the last one I was on like 700 people. And then I, I always linger, you know, I wait at the end and I linger and I linger and I linger and we just sort of hang out and we talk a bit and we just, uh, you know, whatever comes out, comes out. We, we, stop we stop the kind of teaching talk and we just like hang. And sometimes it's 10 or 15 minutes and it and the number goes din, 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 until you got about like you know 20 of you. And the the real lingerers. And and the gems always often come there, you know, at the end. And and sometimes there's silence as well. But that's an example of like you you know, using your life as a way of you know seeing it as art. You know, because if you can pause, you will see more beauty around you than you can possibly account for, you know, and the aesthetic of contemplation is that you can't see that beauty unless you're pausing regularly. So that's the first phase. And I'll quickly do the other two. Inside pausing can occur pivoting. So if you have 100 pauses in a day, you know, and one, and one pause can be just just one of those at the right moment, you know, you're in the middle of the washing up, something catches your eye and you just go, you put the towel or the thing down and you just go. And you just hang there for a few seconds. That is a pause, right? And then you carry on. But when you carry on, things are different because you took that pause. And also, you'll find the timing improves. But if you take the, a lot of those pauses, you know, maybe in a hundred pauses, one pivot will occur. And a pivot is a spontaneous kind of opening up to something new. 
and you can never predict them. But the more pauses you have, the more chances there are of pivots. And pivots are when when our mind gets something new or our heart opens in a way or it sees something different or it sees something more and some shift takes place inside us that is unforgettable. So when you come to the end of the day, you can guarantee that that pivot will be the high point of your day. You'll be like, wow, something amazing happened today because I took a pause. You know, I stopped on the street to talk to one of those guys with the clipboards who I never give time to. I took the invitation and, you know, I turned out I knew his cousin. And the whole story kind of comes because you took that pause. And, and And they come in all kinds of different ways, pivots. And so a life filled with those pivotal moments is a life that's constantly transforming and more and more light is coming through you because you're listening to life. You're letting it in. And the third aspect of contemplation is called merging. And so lots and lots and lots of pivots add up to a merging. And merging is then becomes a part of who you are because you start to merge with life, with the world, with others, with anger, with fear, with love, with you know, you start to just, you no longer contract away from things that you don't like, but you start to kind of move towards everything. And, and it's, it's uh, you know, you, it's the field of love opening up in you and the field of trust. And that's what the art of contemplation does. It may sound like it's a kind of mental thing at the beginning, but it's very physical. You know, you're deep, it's deep in your breath. It occurs, it's deep in the belly. You know, as the breath deepens and your life starts to kind of open up in a new way. So on a practical level, if anyone's interested in in kind of learning it, um, I'm doing a little pitch here. My new little online course, if you go to genekeys.com homepage, it's right there. The first, you know, you'll see new online course. It's $35. (laughs) It's so cheap. It's my cheapest course because it, I want everyone to know it because it's so, it is so beautiful. And, um, and you go in and it's very easy and you get the book and I'm reading the book in installments and you can just take it at your own time. It's very mellow. It's very easy. You know, anyone can do it, anyone, you know, and you guys are like pretty advanced anyway, but sometimes the advanced people miss out on the simplest things, you know, it's like, you know, that one, <laughs> a lot of nodding heads. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Natasha. That was an amazing question. And I resonate with that comment too. Um, Adam, I think I see your hand raised here. Yeah, thank you. Um, hi, Richard. It's such a, such a privilege to meet you. Um, I've been working with the Gene Keys on and off for about two years. And I was sitting here just thinking of what's most alive for me right now and what I wanted to ask you your, your thoughts on. And for me, it's that so much of your writing seems to be about surrender and allowing and trusting. And yet I also find that if at a certain point I don't exert my will on my life, it can get very stagnant. And at a certain point, if I'm forcing my will on my life, nothing happens because it's not meant to be. And I guess I just wanted to ask you your reflections on that duality and how to discern what right will is or if there is such a thing um, and what surrender is. Mm, Great question, Adam. Thank you. I think it's, you know... It's an old chestnut, isn't it? Like, um, 
you're given, you know, if a problem comes your way, let's say, um, you have two possible <laughs> journeys with it. One is the warrior. I'm going to fight, you know, I'm going to take it on. And the other is surrender. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just let it wash over me. I'm just going to yield. I'll give you an example from my life. It's like just from last week, right? Um, uh, when, when I went to see my father and, you know, and then the, he was lying there and he was, you know, he'd, he'd left his body. And um, the next day I was in, out in his garden. He lived in this lovely house. And, uh, and I've been to visit him a lot in the last year, just spending a lot of time with him feeling that you know he was coming close to the end and um and there's this huge wellingtonia tree like a redwood in his garden you know and it died about two years ago it started to die and every time i visit him i saw it like then it's the kind of guardian tree of the of the property it's beautiful and he and i say to him you know that tree needs to come down <laughs> it's right next to the house it's the, it's real presence and he didn't want to do it for some reason he didn't really want to go there but then the first thing i did after he died is get the tree surgeons to come and take that tree down for many reasons um but it was dead and and um and it was like it could have fallen on the house <laughs> anyway so in the first week they came and uh they were kind of a motley crew they were kind of this bunch and like and and i kind of knew that i was being kind of you know sometimes you know that you're being played you know, and I could sense like these guys are, you know, they're kind of wheeler dealer, you know, they, they were asking a bit too much money and they weren't telling me that all the truth. And they were like, you know, I could just see, like, I could say, you know, you're going to sell the logs for this. You're going to make a lot of money. aren't you? And he's like, no, 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 we can't do anything with the logs. No, no. And I just kind of let it go. And, and I, I noticed it inside me and I thought, you know, I, I just thought I can, you know, I can take the warrior stance here or I can take, the surrender stance and I was kind of debating which one to take I thought if I take the warrior stance which is the stance for justice you know which is the stand like I'm not going to be ripped off you know you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes you know I, I I'm you know and and then I have to meet them and then I'm I'm facing them and I I can do that you know like I can definitely do that like I know I can go down that journey and many people would 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 do that and and yet I was in this heart space. And so I just, I chose the other path. I said, I'm just going to let it go. You know, and I thought, you know, it's a hard time for everyone. You know, those guys need a bit of extra money, especially that guy that brought that tree down. I thought, you know, he was like amazing how he did that on his own. And I thought, you know, just let him have a bit of the extra money anyway. It doesn't matter. They don't even, you know, you don't need to go there. And, and so I just let it go and, and it gone. And then, and then I was able to just be with the, with them as a crew and I didn't have this kind of, I'm going to have to kind of take you guys on. Um, I just let them believe that they kind of, whatever they wanted to believe. You know, it wasn't all of them either. It was just the kind of leader, really. Um, and it felt good. And I was able to even communicate with him in a very loving way because I was able to say, you know, you, you guys did a fantastic job. You know, it's like really appreciate it. And, you know, and then I was sort of thinking after they'd gone, I thought, well, I won't be recommending them to anyone, but... <laughs> It's like, what the hell, you know? So in a way, we have those choices and it depends on, you know, where it, it's, it depends on where we want to go. Sometimes you've got to stand up for what's right. 
you know, and you just got to do it. And other times you can let it slide and you can just take a different path. And they're both incredibly valuable. And I wouldn't state one over the other. It's just, as you said, discernment. You can't make a wrong decision, you know, and you might even change your mind halfway through. You know? um, but yeah, at this time, it's that's part of, I think, learning to be with, to be wise. Like you learn to just go with whichever one flows through you and you trust in it utterly. So, yeah, there you are. Like Thank that. you so much. That's a great story. Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, I see a question in the chat. I think this is a question on um, oneness and duality. Um, Plaxis Art, would you like me to read it for you or would you like to speak it? Is this a question for Richard? If our multi-dimension... Thank you so much. I think it, it was already part of his uh, answer, but I had this question uh, written before you were talking about this experience, about this story. Uh, because for me, as an artist, it's always um, very important to have more than dualism. Um, one of my yeah, favorite artworks is uh, like a skyline of Dubai, which is uh, like a mirror effect. You have the skyline. And I put it this skyline in black and white because we are living in this dualism. So the, the people are educated like doing something right or wrong, being good or bad, healthy or ill, rich or poor, and all this stuff like men and women, all the separations. So all the separations means for me, um, it's, it's not freedom, it's not equality, it's not, um, there are, as long as separations are there, uh, there's, the bridge is missing. And so I took the mirror effect of this piece of art of this um, image, and I left all the colors in, into the water because water is a basic element for all living. And this means for me equality. This means for me, it's an element we were born of the water and we are combined with the water because the water today is the same as the water like the dinosaur had in their bodies. So the water is just circling around. It is part of our all ex, um, life and um, existing. And so yeah, th therefore I ask this question, um, if, if we are choosing like uh, right or wrong or black and white, I think, um, yeah, it is, um, I think there's no solution. We will never find a solution as long as we separate. Yeah, I think I think you said it. I think it's absolutely true. And also, um, you know, we today where everything is divided into very sharp poles around the world, um, good and evil. You know, awakened people, sleeping people. You know, however you look at it, there's there's different levels but actually you know if you look at the universe through the aboriginal mind the indigenous mind you don't see things in that they don't you know those people tend i don't want to generalize but that those views i would say don't tend to uh, see in those terms in the same way and there's a really interesting theory it's called standpoint theory i don't know if, you know i know we have to finish soon but and, it, and the theory is that 
you know, on all the extremes, you know, you have all these different views of politics and, you know, people like spiritual people, material people, all that. And um, at the very ed edges uh, are these people who have like extreme views and they can be extreme. Like, so they're, they're not really extreme. Like, so like indigenous people are like fringe, they're right on the fringe of society, of our modern society. Right. But the, the, this theory says that the people on the fringes, their views bring a, bring incredible power when you bring their views to the center because they they like when so when you really understand the viewpoint of someone who's on the fringe and you integrate that into the whole it has a it has a much more pow powerful balancing effect on the whole than anyone else in the you know any other viewpoint you know so it's really important that we listen to those views that we kind of you know don't understand you know, and we understand and we want to try and empathize, like, how did you come to this view? I want to know, you know, and it's the it's part of that journey. I started with diplomacy, like the diplomat is the one that knows how to listen, but doesn't ask loaded questions, just wants to listen, wants to understand. And and when people are understood and they're, they're heard, um, it's of great value to the whole, to the collective. And I think this is you know, really a key in the years ahead for, for our society is integrating those more like the views that aren't heard, you know, like, which is what we're beginning to do with the Black Lives Matter and all kinds of, you know, other movements that, that are, are being heard and, and extreme ones as well. But it's important to hear all the viewpoints, you know, because then we hear all the nuance and we can see the whole thing and, and it, it means that our view is less kind of black and white. We're more like we're more able to flow through all the different views, and um, we can even appreciate the beauty of of the whole, all, all as yeah. one. So spectrum of colors and spectrum of personalities and meanings. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And um, we are getting to the end of our session here. Richard, I would love to kind of bring this back into our um, initial intention of talking about kind of the, the state of the world that we're in. And if you have any words or parting advice that you could give our community and really just the light workers around the world in general, around these next few years as we're leading up to these really significant dates, um, potentially 2027, um, what would you say for us? I'd say learn to pause, really. You know, um, let your days become, you know, go the opposite way of everyone else. You know, when I say everyone else, like, let these be the years that you relax more and more deeply into your being, into your belly, into your body, into your creativity, you know, so that as the world's going in the direction of decline, um, you go in the opposite direction. I, I wrote an article some while ago about the, um, I could, if I could find it somewhere on my website, it's, um, about um, entering the storm of the time coming ahead. And there's loads of stuff on my website, like if you just have to dig and it's, it's all in there. <laughs> um, 
And um, it's about entering the storm. It's about the dervish entering the storm, the cyclone, you know, and the dervish goes out into the storm and opens their arms to it and and is then in is is like inspired by the storm itself instead of rushing indoors and hiding away and i think that's the attitude that we need it's like someone was saying earlier that is it going to be a birth of pain or is it going to be orgasmic you know it's going to you know is it going to be ecstatic you know and and i think that what's needed is a breed of ecstatics you know so it it we're required to, you know, and, and ecstasy, you know, is, is, is a misunderstood thing because ecstasy comes from going deeper into our suffering. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't shy away from grief and all those feelings and stuff, but it's, it punches through and finds, like, it's like my couple of weeks have been, you know, the letting go of my human side of my, my father and then the the acceleration of our relationship through and intimacy of knowing him in a new way or, or remembering him in a much more open way, but then also missing his lovely gentle presence of just being there and, you know, chatting and obviously, and the familiarity of that. But so both of those held together, you know, are what leads to the ecstatic view. Ecstatic isn't only positive high, you know, it includes the suffering, you know, it includes and transcends. And that's what kind of, you know, that's what gets us there. That's what will take us all the way through this birth. You know, that attitude, that courage. You know. So, um, and build community, you know, build community, build, you know, build bridges with everyone that you feel devoted to you know, wherever that's i guess that's the most important thing like wherever you feel there's a devotion between you and another build that energy build some build a castle out of that you know and don't waste your time if it's not there you know if it's not there and it's not kind of showing signs like you can give you can be friendly but don't pour your energy into that place you know, pour your energy into the devotion area. And even if there's only one relationship in your life that has that, that's the place to put your efforts and your work and your, you know, build something with that person, whether it's a relationship, a business, an idea, something, use that energy, that soul to soul energy, because it's, it has awesome power in it. And it's a sign from God or from the whole that this is a person that you want to be working with, right? So, yeah, that's so, so beautiful. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for being here, for speaking at Emergence Festival and for doing this for all of us. Thanks, Chelsea. Everybody... Thank you for having me. Oh, thank me. you. Yes. Would everybody be able to take themselves off of mute and rub your hands together, generating some energy? And Richard, we have a phrase that we say. Mm called Ashtahe. It means I am you being me. So can we give Richard a little Ashtahe love? Blessings to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>